0: Welcome back. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And we are talking about Dice Games this week.
1: Without Steve. Friday, Steve will be here again.
0: He will. And uh, for the most basic stuff, we're going to go way the heck back. I think Backgammon is one of the very oldest games that we know of. as a dice game but you do have to manage the results you roll two dice and you decide how you're going to use them to move your pieces along this track trying to move them all towards the end simple enough in concept but the way that those dice tend to behave the way that when you roll doubles you get to move them extra distance and it also introduces something else which shows up in some dice games and that is a die that you don't roll you ever, ever see that that, uh, that cube that comes in a backgammon set that's got a 2 on one side and then a 4 and then an 8 and then a 16, a 32, and a 64?
1: I have never played backgammon.
0: Okay. So tr- there's one of the strangest dice you're ever likely to see is exactly as I described. It doesn't have Sounds dots horrifying. on it. horrifying. It has numbers. It is. It's the doubling cube. And it's used not to roll and get a random result, but to keep track of something. There's a, there's a few other games like Biblios that'll use dice mm-hmm. to keep track of stuff. But... Um, In this particular one, if you think you're winning in a game of backgammon, you can challenge the other player. It's like, okay, concede the game right now, or we're playing for double stakes. Because it's a gambling game. And they have to decide whether they want to give up or say, okay, we'll keep going. But later on, if the tide turns, they can pass it back to you and say, all right, you concede, or we're playing for four times the stakes. Oh, I see. And they can just keep doubling it and doubling it. And uh, that's one of the things that makes backgammon unusual and interesting. Let's see, there's Liar's Dice. That one... This was played uh, by all kinds of people. Soldiers, pirates. Liar's
1: Dice is great. Um, I've heard it also called Perudo. I don't know if that's... Yeah. A, is that like a brand name? Or is that like an, an ancient name that it's gone by as well? I
0: think that's the Spanish name for it.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: But uh, it's shown up in so many cultures. I mean, mm. it's, it's It must have dozens of names.
1: I mean, it's so easy. All you need is lots of dice. So I guess maybe not that easy. And yeah, Five per cups, player right? and yeah. some cups. Yeah. Mm. So what you do for Liar's Dice is it's a bit of a sort of like... Gambling esque, the way the ga- backgammon is not gambling, not really, but kind of gambling, sort of, kind of. um So, how Lara's dice works is that you take your dice, you kind of like r- to yourself, and you kind of like roll them under your cup and you take a peek and you want to go around the table placing bets on how many like visible like dice faces of one number there is. So, let's say I could start off saying, okay, well, like I think that there are like three twos at the entire table. So if there's four people playing, that's twenty dice to start and I think that three of them are twos. And then now the next player can either I guess I'm gonna say like call it and either say there are more so we could either say there's, like, oh, yeah, I think there's four twos or five twos. Or they could say a larger number, like, a, a smaller or equal number of a, like, higher value dice face. So we could say, like, oh, yeah, I think there's, like, two fours.
0: I think there's five fours.
1: And then so on and so forth until fin- somebody finally has decided that, like... Nobody wants to call them anymore. Everyone lifts up their cups dramatically, you count up the dice, and if that person is correct, everyone else loses a dice, and if they're wrong, they lose one themselves. And you're out if you lose all your dice.
0: It's uh, that that moment when somebody says there are four sixes. You're a
1: liar!
0: And the dice come up and you actually count the sixes to find out who loses their dice. It's, great. it's just every single round of Liar's Dice. Culminates with somebody calling somebody else a liar.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the name, right? <laughs> you have to.
0: And the fact that, that those dice are going to do their random thing. I mean, you can see what you've got, but you can't see what everyone else mm-hmm. has. And you can make a fair guess based on the probability, but you have more information that the other players don't have but just by looking at what you have yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the version where the, uh, where the sixes are wild. Oh, yeah, and they count as one of anything
1: fancy, I think that liar 's Dice also was probably one of the first games to kind of like hit that very satisfying tactile i 'm rolling a big handful of dice because mm-hmm. so it 's fun, right? You kind of like have them if your hands are small like mine, you have to have like both hands cupped around them and you get to shake them dramatically and they clink against each other, and it just feels great.
0: Dice town has that same feel of everybody shake, 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 boom, dropping their dice cup down on the table and secretly looking at their stuff great. Okay, so let's get to some more modern stuff. Kids games, obviously are going to involve some amount of dice.
1: Mm-hmm. and i think uh, I think that's because, you know, like small children, they don't get probability, right like that's not, not yet. that's not the point for them. Uh, <laughs> I think the point is, again, like talking about you know, like the visceral tactile thing of like throwing a dice around. kids love being able to like touch things like it's very like a lot of that's why so many kids games are like dexterity games and have mm-hmm. like big bits that are like fun and easy to hold it's because it's fun to be able to do stuff with your hands when you're like a, when you're a child <laughs> and i think that's what all these dice are for like you could just have cards you could just have a spinner but it's fun to be able to be like it and roll a dice
0: and there's that die. moment there's always that moment between the time when you release the die and the time when it settles when anything could happen. Yeah,
1: and you hold your breath a little bit. Yeah, but kids love dice. Um, A friend of mine teaches tabletop board gaming, like tabletop RPGs to like small children on a semi-regular basis. Like Mm -hmm. not small, small, but you know, like nine to like, 13 and she was telling me about how you know the first time you're teaching it to them you don't give them the dice until you're done talking to them you don't give them the (laughs) dice because the minute you give a child a dice a die or a handful of dice they just start rolling them and like her the first time she did it like biggest mistake of her life she was like (laughs) stood there trying to talk over like you know six 12 year old boys just like rolling dice they're worse than poker
0: players fiddling with their chips so yeah, you've got games like Monza, for example, which is a car racing game, and mm-hmm. you roll a bunch of brightly colored dice, and uh, the board is divided into spaces. Uh, like you know, There's red spaces, blue spaces, green spaces. I can use one of my dice that came up green to move my car forward into a green space. Mm-hmm. I can use one of my dice that came up red to move one of to move my car into a, into a red space. And you get to decide what order to use them in, you're just trying to get around to the finish line. Very easy, and yet uses dice in a very clever sort of way. hmm You mentioned dexterity games. Animal Upon Animal has a die in it. I'm not sure if it qualifies as a dice game,
1: though. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, we talked Monday about, like... Is it a dice game? Just because it has dice in it, like no, I don't think really. so.
0: In this case, it's that it's animal upon animals. Really, a stacking game. It's about mm. stacking up those animals that die. Just tells you what you're going to do this turn. How many animals you're going to stack and that sort of thing. So then we get into the, the 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 real stuff, the more hardcore stuff. So Yahtzee is probably the most popular and most well known dice game out there. Mm, um, easily, I hate Yahtzee. It,
1: it's it's okay.
0: It's just I mean it, it's I, I can't stand the fact that. There's zero interaction between the players, and I mean, I'm playing my game over here, and you're playing your game over there, we might as well be in different time zones. Nothing I do affects you, Mm -hmm. nothing you do affects me. Um, The the Having to write down all the numbers and do all this math and stuff, I mean, I'm not opposed to to math, it's just, it feels clunky, and and why would you do that when you could play Yam Slam? That's all I'm asking. And Yam Slam, to me, is the modern version of Yahtzee. It's the same basic idea. You roll, re-roll, and re-roll your dice and use them to make poker hands. But instead of writing stuff down, there are these cool plastic poker chips in a circular. There's there's four chips for two pair. There's four chips for three of a kind, four chips for a full house, and so on. And uh, you get to grab one of those whenever you make a hand. And when the tray is empty there are no more chips left, game's over. Chips are worth a certain number of, number of points. There's great big numbers on them. You add those up. That's your score.
1: See, it's amazing how easily it was to change Yahtzee into a game that you didn't like, into like Yam Slam, a game that you do like, just by adding that sort of like element of if I do the thing first then you can't do it anymore just
0: a little you know? bit of interaction yeah. you know it moves faster I don't have to deal with those boards and stuff uh, but it still has that wonderful question of okay do I stop now and score the not so great hand that I have or do I take the chance and re-roll some of these and go for something bigger mm-hmm. um, I love that about this about the, about both of those games really and that roll re-roll and re-roll sort of thing You, know, you have three chances to get what you need is incredibly sturdy for that And it's been used to power games like Three Little Pigs, King of Tokyo, Roll Through the Ages, so you can destroy Tokyo, build a Bronze Age civilization, or build houses made of straw, wood, and brick, all using the same basic thing.
1: So, really, the, the other thing that people think about when they think about dice games is inevitably, like, gambling. Kind of course. Of, you know, like, roll the dice, cross your fingers, hope for the best, and try not to lose. Yeah,
0: this, this, is, this is why dice were practically spiritually banned by many Christian civilizations for a very long mm-hmm. time, because of their association with gambling.
1: So, there's a lot of board games that, while not, like, gambling per se, like, do sort of, like, stress you out in that same way that gambling <laughs> will, like, using, again, like, handfuls of dice. Uh, one of my favorite is Can't Stop. Oh, so good. Which also yields great playlists because, you know, you just kind of like you go on iTunes or Apple Music or whatever and you look up like Can't Stop and then it's just like <laughs> so many songs about people telling you to stop or to not stop and it's just like you're sitting around the table rolling dice with your friends screaming, <laughs> are you going to stop? You can't stop! You cannot stop! And how Can't Stop works is, and again, it, it it's really a game about the bell curve that Jonathan was talking about earlier. So you have this octagon stop sign shaped board Um, with little kind of like slots and the numbers at the top. And if you sort of like visualize an octagon in your head right now, you know, it's got the sides that are like a little bit shorter and then the middle is like much longer and then it kind of like goes down to a shorter side again.
0: And it's got these uh, these ladders, long ones in the middle and short ones on the sides and the the middle ladders are for like the number 7, 6, and 8. Numbers that come up a lot when you roll two dice. Mm-hmm. And the short ladders around the sides for like 2 and 12 numbers that hardly ever come up.
1: Yeah, so what you're trying to do and can't stop is that on your turn you roll four dice and then you want to try to get... You want to combine them basically into like pairs to like make numbers. And and then you want to get to the very top of these kind of like tracks there. So, you know, if I want to get to the top of the track of sevens, I just have to make sure that I'm rolling pairs for sevens. A lot. A lot. Because seven comes up way more often. I think seven's got maybe like eight or nine spaces versus something like two or 12. You only have to get those like
0: two or three times.
1: Because the odds are lower. But what's great about Can't Stop is it deals with this bell curve thing pretty well because mm-hmm. you know you can go for the stuff that turns up very often it will take you longer or you can risk it with the more you know rare stuff and you'll just maybe just never roll them again but it's got this this thing it's really like a, a press your luck game in that you can only choose sort of like three numbers to roll that turn so if i decide i'm rolling like four sevens and elevens if i ever roll four dice that i can't pair up into making either four or seven or eleven i lose all of my progress that turn
0: the sad trombone music plays wah, wah. you fail and that's when the rest of the player laughs because you could have stopped
1: at any time all
0: you had to do was just not do that one last roll just and you would have gotten everything dice. had up until that point point. and <laughs> this is what's so fantastic about can't stop mathematically on every single turn you probably have a better than 50 50 chance of being able to get something. and any given individual role, you're probably less, than, you have probably less than 50% chance of going bust. But if you keep rolling and rolling and rolling and never stopping, eventually those odds are going to go against you. Mm-hmm. So in any individual role, the incentive is to roll again. But overall, you know that you can't keep this up forever.
1: You gotta stop, but you can't. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, obviously dice are perfect for, uh, for, for press-your-luck games. And we talked about zombie dice earlier on. That's um, in, in our episode about zombies, that's, that's sort of a more basic take on that. But, all right, I think that'll do as far as basic games. We're going to bring Steve back on Friday to talk about some heavier stuff, some weirder stuff that you can do with dice games.
1: See you then.